Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia in Southern Oregon, and this is The Literary Gardener for November 29, 2018. The topic this time is learning to create a resilient plant community in your landscape. Thomas Rayner and Claudia West, authors of Planting in a Post-Wild World of 2015, wrote, Loosening the grip on our cherished notions of plant arrangement makes it possible to transform our adversarial relationship with nature into a collaborative one. I recently spoke with Ashland landscape designer Sherry Morgan, who heard Thomas Rayner speak last year at the International Master Gardener Conference in Portland. Sherry told me she was particularly intrigued by what Rayner had to say about designing resilient landscapes. I think we'd all like our gardens to be more resilient and less work for us to manage, Sherry said. Absolutely, Sherry. What's more, as we're considering ornamental plantings for next spring, it's a good time to think about designing what Rayner and co-author Claudia West call plant communities. These are groupings of native and non-native trees, shrubs, flowers, and ground covers that share the same cultural requirements and are adapted to thrive under the site conditions we have. Plant communities support each other and local wildlife without as much intervention from gardeners, which is certainly a win-win-win situation in my book. According to Rayner and West, designing plant communities involves attention to five principles, the first of which is letting go of the idea of plants as objects to be placed like pieces of furniture, and instead grouping compatible species of plants that interact effectively with each other and the landscape. Once gardeners understand their soil, sunlight, moisture, and other site conditions, efforts can go towards selecting groups of plants that will grow well in that environment, rather than trying to change the conditions in order to grow plants that aren't well-suited. The second principle has to do with plant stress. However, instead of eliminating stressors, Rainer and West noted plant communities are often healthier when they must adjust to limited resources. Sherry told me most gardeners water too much, but overindulging our plants with irrigation makes them more vulnerable to dry periods. Principle three also challenges conventional gardening wisdom by calling for less mulching with materials brought in from elsewhere and more of what Rayner and Wes call green mulch. These are low-growing, shade-tolerant plants within a grouping that will fill up open spaces and provide natural weed control. Ground covers occupy their own niche underneath a layer of mid-height plantings that become visually dominant in the plant community during successive bloom periods. In turn, this seasonally themed layer of plants establishes a niche beneath a structural layer of trees, shrubs, and tall perennials. Principle four in designing plant communities takes into consideration cultural notions of landscape beauty. Rayner and West wrote, Our cultural bias for tidy landscapes often limits the potential for ecological plantings. However, naturalistic plant communities aren't wild. According to the authors, they need not replicate nature in order to capture its spirit. Perhaps the fifth principle of design plant communities deviates the most from traditional gardening practices. Instead of viewing and treating plants in our garden and landscapes as individuals, we develop a more holistic perception of the plant community as a complex, adaptive system. 
Rayner and West note that plant communities are managed, not maintained, and watering, mulching, spraying, pruning, and leaf litter removal are generally avoided. Instead, garden management aims at preserving the plant community as a whole through tasks such as selectively removing or adding plants in order to preserve the community's structure and a balance of plant species. I asked Sherry to share suggestions for designing plant communities, and here's what she said. First, become aware of the remnants of native plant communities that survive in your neighborhood. For example, Sherry's home in Ashland is in the remnants of native forest land. My neighborhood in East Medford has remnants of the oak trees and grasslands that once flourished here. Then, become familiar with plants that will grow naturally in the environment of your landscape. Planting natives is a good starting point, but compatible non-natives can also be used effectively. Native Pollinator Plants for Southern Oregon by Tom Landis and Susie Savoy is an excellent resource for selecting native plants for seasonal flowers and color. Consider plant groupings within the community by what Sherry calls their sociability. This means some plants grow best individually or in small groups of two to three, such as Joe Pie Weed and Goat's Beard, while others are most effective in larger groups of 10 to 20 plants, including yarrow, columbine, and coral bells, or even more. Just as in human communities, sociable plant communities support each other better, creating healthier, more resilient gardens and landscapes. Remove non-native invasive plants, such as vinca, scotch broom, and ivy. Also, edit your garden by removing plants that are unhealthy or consume too much energy, such as water, your sweat, and tears. Generate as many garden resources on-site as possible. For example, use leaf litter from your garden plants for compost. Rather than bringing in soil from elsewhere, allow your plant communities to adapt to the soil you have and improve it over time. Add to your garden naturally by allowing plants to self-sow. Build a swale to keep water or a dry creek bed to channel water productively. Reduce water consumption by switching to irrigation systems with slower emission, such as techline drip tubes and matched precipitation rotator sprinkler heads. One of the best ways to reduce water is by converting your lawn to a plant community. Are you as intrigued as I am by the idea of designing resilient plant communities in your landscape? If so, don't miss Sherry's presentation, A Different Way to Look at Landscape Design, coming up from 6 to 8 p.m. on December 11th at the Southern Oregon Research and Extension Center, 569 Hanley Road in Central Point. The cost is $10 with pre-registration and $15 at the door. To register, call 541-776-7371. And that's it for The Literary Gardener. Thanks so much for listening.